Suffolk is full of incredible entrepreneurs, great businesses and wonderful charities. And today our spotlight turns upon three businesses totally changed as a result of not being able to see people since March in 2020. So we look at beauty, we look at the business of hairdressing, and we look at gyms and to understand how those three have been impacted by the effect of COVID. What happened to them? What were they able to do? And how has their business been transformed as a result? Today we're going to talk with Anita, with Lucy and with Luke and just understand what's been going on for those who are involved with individual one-on-one -on -one care and work over the last year. So I just really want to work around each one of them individually first of all and find out what they do. So Anita, can we make a start with you? So tell us a little bit about you and tell us a bit about your business. Okay, so I'm Anita Bond. I run the fitness unit in Ipswich with my daughter, Rachel, with both um, personal trainers. We've had the business for 14 years, teaching mainly groups. So we do groups, small groups. Occasionally we do one-to-one -one, um, and we operate the gym with, with other personal trainers working there too. Um, so we've built the business up over 14 years um, and we both just absolutely love what we do cause you to go into training it's something I'd been interested in all my life I'd I'd done PE as a child whenever I could do PE I was there um, I'm of an age where we were allowed to use a gym at school where there were no teachers or anyone to supervise there was no health and safety um, and I it's just something I love to do you know and that was my reason for going to school because I could go into the gym at lunchtime um, and, and have a play so I'd always kept fit, I'd always gone, whatever job I had, I went to the gym, you know, I'd go in my lunch hour, um, after work, before work. And I'd just reached a point in my life in between jobs and my children were of an age where I was telling them they should do something they enjoy doing, find something you really enjoy. And it was just one of those light bulb moments, you know, why don't I do that? Why don't I retrain? So I retrained in my 40s to become a personal trainer. Amazing. But Lucy, can you tell us about your business and what you do? Yeah, so I'm actually a relatively new business. Um, I mean, for a long time, since I was about 18, I'm now 25, um, I'd worked for beauty counters, um, a lot of the premium brand beauty counters in Debenhams. Um, I did counter hop a little, found my favorite one in the end, Yves Saint Laurent. Um, and then, of course, with the demise of Debenhams, unfortunately, I really felt like, right, I need I need an alternative. Um, I don't think I could work for somebody anymore. I think I need to work for myself. Um, and so, yeah, I have since, what are we now? Yeah, April 12th, I opened up my salon. It was a lockdown project. I'm here now. Um, and yeah, so I offer a range of beauty treatments. Um, I teach a lot as well. Um, and so I offer accredited courses for those who want to get into the industry, um, more so with makeup. Um, I think makeup's changed dramatically uh, in terms of the products that are available, the 
trends that are um, you know current and things like that. And so I like to think that I have kind of for this area brought the makeup industry forward. Um, and so I see a lot of beauty therapists who want updated skills in makeup um, or new students starting out who want to um, want to get into the industry. And yes, yeah, so it's really, really good fun. It's, it's just been absolutely crazy. Um, I didn't expect it to go as well as it did. Um, and I'm rushed off my feet. That's a good sign for something that's sort of six weeks into to a business that's yeah, really quite impressive really really well received I feel really really grateful that it's that it's where it's at already so so when you said it was your lockdown project what were you doing um so we were looking during for lockdown. A premise at the time we were looking for somewhere to go um I wanted to make sure that there was parking a good location and things like that and so um yes we found the place um we made a lot of changes to the place we put new floor in this wall behind me, I had to add that in. Um, because that I can to... see, but our listeners can't. But you have a wall behind you that you've added. <laughs> oh, yes. yeah, <laughs> There's a wall behind me that wasn't there before. Um, to create a treatment room, um, the counter, the worktop, the units, everything I made. Um, my lovely uh, father-in-law made my reception desk with my help. Um, so yeah, we really just got stuck in um and changed the place made it exactly how I want it and yeah I love it fantastic so blank canvas just constructed exactly what you were looking for yes it kept us busy over the over the lockdown (laughs) yeah yeah that very good wow that's quite an impressive project and yeah good good start brilliant stuff so Luke tell us a bit about your your business what you do I've always and like if this is going through a transition this is why I'm like hesitant to answer it because (laughs) I am probably going through a change period because of the last year and it's got me rethinking stuff as well. But like on paper to the point I do hair, but like building on from that, I create transformations for people. I change people's lives through hair. Like I have realized like, especially in the last year, how important I am to so many women and the feeling people get my I serve mainly women so I can only speak from a women's point of view but like for women the amount of change and feeling and positivity that comes from the hair is insane like and it's kind of and this the last year and that realization and seeing all this and see people's reactions to me I literally feel like a rock star like every day people come in and they're like almost crying because they're so happy to see me like, and it makes me, it's brought to light, like, okay, how do I build from this? How do I spread this awareness to other hairdressers and stop people from just standing behind a chair, cutting like a line to, to realize and get something to click in them like it did with me. Of like, I am in the business of transformation. I'm in the business, not the business of hair necessarily. We need to drill into that in a moment, and we will. Um, but for the outside world and for the uninitiated like me, you cut hair. I. That sounds very basic. You do a lot more than me. <laughs> yes. No, um, I told you I transform lives. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're a rock star. No, We've got I, yeah. No, yeah, but... <laughs> I. I have niched my business over the last. So I have a sal- like a salon. I'm I'm beginning to be more comfortable with the term studio. 
because mm -hmm. uh, in relation to you know like artists and creatives like I, that's what I do feel like my space is um so I flip between calling it a salon or studio or um so I have the premises um I think it's four years in October October coming um something like that I've like I've done so many different roles in the hair industry um and now I realize like I had to try all of these different areas to hone in on my niche and what I love what people love from me where my skills lie, and what part of it do I feel like I can repeat every single day um and so I've basically trimmed the fat like I've over the last few years I've cut out the things that didn't bring me joy that right weren't worth my time um so I'm going <laughs> this is a long answer to do I look at hair but like so I specialize in hair extensions um that's what I do I do a niche hair extension method that I brought to the UK um it was created in the US and it's super new to market and it gives incredible results incredible transformation so that is the bulk of my business I have to say I was I was with a client the other day and she was talking about you and it's only oh, I can't think who it was and it's only just now because you said you're the only person who does that kind of hair extension um it'll come to me um <laughs> don't, don't, don't use any names just now Lucy but that's <laughs> <laughs> yes yes yeah. but that's, that's it, it. That's... yeah you talk to so many people in like Suffolk and you've got a link usually somewhere that's what I love about it so nice. Yeah, yeah. Suffolk's great from that point of view. That you've used one word that I think we can apply to what all three of you do actually, which is transformation. Yeah. And um, Anita, you must have that experience with people who come to you who who say, I, I need to change, whatever it might be. Um, have you got some good examples of that? Yeah, I mean, we're really proud of the fact that you know we have transformed so many people's lives. You know, and it's not just about the physical aspect, it's about the mental aspect. I had a client a few years back, very overweight, um, was brought in by a friend. You know, her friend had sort of dragged her in. Um, you know, her whole life, it wasn't just her weight, her whole life was, was a bit of a mess. Everything in her life was out of control. And just by bringing her in and somebody believing in her, and showing her what she was actually capable of doing, it has completely transformed her life. And so, you know, for her, had we have not done that, we, we don't know where she would be. And, and we hear that time and time again, even this morning in the gym, when Rachel, my daughter was teaching a class and one of the ladies in there had previously gone to her buggy workouts in the park. And she said to Rachel, you know, you were my lifeline when I had my babies because, you know, you were always there. You were the one waiting. You were the one ready to help. And it is a lifeline for a lot of people. Mm. So in the same way that I was rather unfortunate and I didn't explain, <laughs> didn't understand Luke's work very well. I said, oh, you cut hair. And it's a lot more than that. In the same way, you don't just run a gym. No, not at all. No. It's a community. It's a, you know, you. It's a bit corny to say the fitness family, but that is what it is. 
You know, I saw a lady this morning that I haven't seen since the first lockdown, just because our paths hadn't crossed. And, you know, there are people we haven't seen. And it was so lovely to see her. And she was like, oh, she said, I feel like I've come home. And, you know, it just means so much to so many people to have that connection. Lucy, you were telling us earlier before we started about working with someone who's you know, getting married today. Um, do you feel that you have that sort of impact on people? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the most rewarding part really of my job is actually teaching others. Um, and because it's not just, you don't spend just one day with, the, with that student. I run courses that run over five weeks and so to really see their confidence and the progression and their skill set improve and get better and they feel more confident and um, actually seeing how surprised they are at how well they're doing is really, really rewarding. Um, and yeah, having them leave at the end of the five weeks saying, I really feel I can give this a good go. I feel really confident. Thank you so much um that's the best part for me yeah it, that really does that's the reason I do this um because it does it just instills that confidence in people that actually they can achieve what they want to do they can um go into a career that they want um and they can do it and they're good at it so yeah that's the that's my favorite part that sounds very good. Um, so what would you say for each of you? Would you what would you suggest actually makes your business different? I'll go. Okay. Um, go for Lucy. Same as what you were saying, Luke, about classing it more as a studio. Uh, that is my business name, Lucy Morgan Studios. Um, and there isn't, as far as I'm aware, having done some research, um, an establishment, a training facility for makeup specifically um there isn't anything like that and I hear this from clients all the time this is so this is what the area needed it's so niche because yes there are salons and yes I do offer beauty treatments and things like that as well but I also offer um training for those who perhaps want to learn a little bit more about doing their own makeup um and what colors suit and what styles suit them and there isn't anywhere really that offers a service like that um and it is really, it's trial and error. And where do you go uh, other than online to find out these things? And it's different when you're sat in front of somebody who's helping you and showing you, you know, you've got the products in front of you. Um, it becomes much more immersive and you, you learn better. You know, I learn better that way. And so, yeah, and, and as far as I'm aware, I don't know of anywhere else that offers a service like that. Anita, what about you? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, like Lucy said, it's in, it's important that you you follow your heart and you do, you know, the role that that you want to do. So for me, it wasn't that I wanted to open a gym because there was already a lot of gyms. Yeah, Ipswich has a lot of gyms. So for me, it was I had seen a way of training, which was to go to the gym with a you know with a personal trainer once a week I was then doing that trainer's classes so for me I trained every day with a personal trainer and the results I had from that were very different to all the people I could see coming in and out of that gym every day doing their own thing 
and moving away and putting the, you know, putting the resistance down on the machines, going home, come about the next day, going through the motions again. So for me, it was about setting a gym up that would give the results I knew people could get by using a personal trainer. And you do more than just gym work with people as well, don't you? Yes, yes, we do. We do the whole package. Um, we do the we do the nutrition. We do the online support. And, you know, our whole thing is about this community where we support everybody. We still treat everybody as an individual because that's really important. And we educate people that this isn't a one size fits all. We are all very, very different. If somebody said to me, write, a, write me a meal plan, chances are they wouldn't like what I eat. They'd be like, well, I don't like that. I don't like that, you know, because we all enjoy different foods. But also we all need to be able to eat the foods that we enjoy. So we educate people how they can bring that into their life so that they can eat what they like, but how they can monitor that so they don't feel like they're missing out. You know, they don't think they're on something that's really restrictive because the diet is a massive part. So, you know, we can keep them active in the gym. We can encourage them to be active outside of the gym and we can educate them into the nutritional value of their food. Plus, we do a lot of mindset coaching. Um, we look at all sorts of things to do with female health. You know, there's so many different things that will affect somebody's body weight. And unless we can understand that, you know, for them, they can't move forward. We need to give them that information. So it's very much about educating them as well. So, Luke, what's your USP? What makes you different? OK, that has changed over four years. I, when I started the, like the salon, the studio, the, it was a retreat for me. Like, I loved what I did. I, it, was a, it was purely a place for me to come and create and rest. Like I was burnt out by my industry and um, the level I was working at and, and everything I was doing. So, and then I just built and built and built and built and built on it from there. I was then kind of, when I started to look into, okay, like where the short story is, I built a place that I, or people like me could come to, to get their hair done. And I've thought about everything that you like. So for example, when I was looking, when I was thinking, where would I want to work? There was nowhere I did. I was done like commuting to London. I didn't want to work there anymore. I was done like with fashion weeks and like working in Paris and stuff like that. It's just, it didn't fit the vision I had for my life. And, and creatively it didn't feel fulfilling to me. So the, there's a few key points that like in my life are really, really important. And, and for my, my clients are really important to me. And so I don't want to do anything that I wouldn't do for myself, for them, if that makes sense. So I, the products that most places use are toxic to the client, toxic to the planet, toxic to the hairdresser. I didn't want to use any of them. I was also done with that and and so I did question am I done with the industry am I done with doing hair because can it still work without this stuff I was done with the environment I was done with being in an army of hairdressers where you're a number 
you go in and a client is often gone to whoever's available the day you want to come in. I wanted relationships, connection with people. I wanted um, a calm environment. I didn't want to have to clock watch all the time. So I wanted more time. I wanted progression. Like I, it is important that I have space to work in as a creative. I don't want to work in a tight song. Like, and so it was important that the whole experience for my clients, people that I care about was a good one. Like it's hair day. I want hair day to be the best day that you've had for ages. I want, I wanted like, so I decided to research non-toxic products and I found out it can be done. The reason salons don't do it is because it's more expensive. Like it's, but it's amazing. Like it's better for the environment. And to me, it made what I do more sustainable. I can do like more of it for a longer time. If it looks after the environment, if it looks after my client, if it looks after my health as well. And I had like so many hairdressers, hairdressers, I had a few, um, you know, like autoimmune things like, so asthma, eczema, IBS, like I had all these things going on that were gradually getting worse. And you, like, I don't know, you, you and all, everyone can probably relate to this as well. But when you're, when you feel like you want to serve people to like a high level, you, that, you, that can be relative to like stress. And then when you're working in such stress states continuously, clock watching, there's so much demand on you. And especially when you're good at something, off the kind of demand. And so when the demand is so high, you give all you can give, you give up your time and stuff, you give up your evenings, you give up what going to the gym, you give up doing for yourself. And then all of these things like IBS and stuff creep in, they get worse and worse and your body telling you like you need to, you need to slow down and listen. And so I, and this was, so this was all to do with this retreat I wanted to create for myself. I was like, something needs to change. I can't continue like this. And if, and to do something that I love doing, I need to make this, I need to make changes. And so um, in the beginning, I reached the salon as a vegan, non-toxic, luxurious space. I didn't want it to be, although I'm not a massive fan of glamour, I didn't want it to be furniture made out of crates and like, and dreadlocks and Birkenstocks. Like I wanted it to be like high end, like all the places I enjoy going to, you can, and there is, there it, are so many people now that love the like the laid back look, but want things to be clean and crisp and fresh and spacious. And so that was, that's probably the main thing. And then I started to then further niche my role inside the environment. But um, first off, it was about being vegan, non-toxic, organic, and it's something I'm committed to. And I still, I still am such a product junkie. Like I'm always looking for the better. I'm always looking, what can I change? What can I do to make a better experience for my client, a better day for me? And still there's, still it's the, they're the best the best all-round products and that's that, that is it as well I wanted it to be a place where someone can relax thinking I've thought of everything I've done everything you don't have to question anything if it's here it's the best so I guess if we sort of step back to March last year now Lucy that's going to be quite interesting for you because obviously you were doing something totally different 
Um, but this was your project that you'd wanted to do, from what I understand. Is that right? Um, no, yeah. So we, I was obviously when the shops had to close for that period of time, I was off. Um, they opened back up again, end of the summer, was it? And so I went back and then we closed again. Um, and then in the end, I took voluntary redundancy in December um, because I had anticipated the end, unfortunately, of Debenhams. And I thought, right now, what can I do now? Um, what am I going to do next? What's the next step before um, I inevitably lose my job? So I thought, well, I'm going to actually have Christmas off for the first time in seven, six, seven years. Um, and so, yeah, in the 15th of December, I think I said, that's it, you know, I will take one for the team and <laughs> take my redundancy um, and focus on this. So, yeah, it's, it, it really kind of fell into place for me, to be honest. So, so during lockdown, were you able to do any of the one-on-one you know, -on -one work with no. your clients? You weren't able to do any of those sorts of things. So were no. you to do any, able to do anything online? Were you able to get anything up and running? Or Yeah, I actually um, started filming with my sister. Um, I started filming some tutorials. I managed to get them accredited through um, the governing body who um, I accredit my courses through. And um, yeah, so I set up an online where people, they'd still receive all of the, the manuals, all of the theory work, um, and then they could purchase the tutorials and then they'd have to submit work to me. So if they were working on, it might, it might have been themselves or if they were working on a family member who they were in lockdown with, um, they'd submit their work and I would give them feedback on it. So yeah. Um, yeah, we just adapted it a little and it, it worked. It was really good fun. And then opening to the public was in March this year. Is that right? Or oh, April, it was April 12th. April, that was April when the could open back up again. Yeah, 12th. Okay. Day. Right. So you've been able to see people face to face since then. Yes. Yes. So, Anita, this would have been a very painful period of time for you guys, I guess. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, I can remember the, the day now when they announced that we had to close and I was, Rachel was working, teaching a class. I was at home looking after Rachel's daughter, my granddaughter, because I have her on a Friday afternoon and we sat there listening to Boris. And I'm not ashamed to say I cried because it was, we've got to shut the gym. Mm. You know, the gym that two months ago, Previous to that, we'd been celebrating 13 years in business. And, you know, and I, and I messaged Rachel and said, we have to close tonight. And literally that was the notice we were given that evening the gym would have to close. Um, we toyed with online training. We'd been thinking about it. We'd, we'd given ourselves every barrier we could we'd put up in the way you know the lighting wasn't right this wasn't right it didn't you know the building didn't really lend itself to filming you know by the Monday morning we were on zoom <laughs> we were on Facebook live um, and we literally we haven't stopped since that day training people online mm. um, 
I know when like the salons were allowed to open, we still weren't allowed to open, even though we felt the environment within our gym, it's an old warehouse building. We've got a massive roll up door. We've got windows, doors. In fact, there's more, you know, when you open everything, there's probably more open area than there are walls. Um, we laid out the floor, we marked out everybody's space in there. Um, but of course we still weren't allowed to open until later on, which I think was, oh, like Lucy says, you forget all the dates and, and what happened when. I think it was, I think it was April, May, June. It must have been nearly August before we opened. We did some in our car park to train some people because you're allowed to train outside. We did some in the car park. Um, then we went back indoors, obviously restricted our numbers. And then we had to close again. So, you know, always likened last year to a bit like the Okie Koki, you know, we were, we were in out, in out, and you know, where are we now and what we're allowed to do. Um, and then obviously we've only recently reopened because our gym runs mainly group sessions they haven't been allowed to go ahead when the gym's reopened. So you know, we, we use the gym for some personal training sessions and only now do we feel that we can start to really build our business back up because it, there was just so much uncertainty. You know, I look after my mother who's 92, you know, I had to be careful who I was in contact with mm because I didn't want to take anything to her, you know, and I couldn't not go and see her because she relies on me. Yeah. Um, you know, so we, you know, we, had, we appreciate that everybody had to make the right decision for them. And that's still the case, that, that people, will, people will come when they feel comfortable to come. Mm. Luckily, you know, because people know us, they know who we are, they know our family, they trust us. So when we say we've cleaned the gym, they know we've cleaned the gym. They know how much work we put in. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's been, you know, a time to adapt. And I think, you know, that will carry on as well. Yeah, well, that'll be an important thing for us to have a conversation about. But Luke, what happened with uh, your studio? How did you adapt to to that, how much notice did you get to, to shut up shop? Regards to change, like, so I can't even remember how much notice we got, but like, I feel like we're all, we're kind of pretty similar, like, although we're so different industries, we're kind of similar. So it, it was probably around us, like, it's that kind of personal contact thing, isn't it? And it was like, and we all kind of got, and that was, that was a difficult thing is that actually, although we're similar, we're also very, very different and how we, can interact with people is very, very different. And the steps we can take is very, very different, but we all get grouped together. Like, mm -hmm. it's a, um, anyway, that's Not a different there. conversation. <laughs> um, but like, because I was so lucky and so fortunate that, and I think I try and keep this like throughout, like thread throughout everything I do in my life, but it's like, you know, listen to your instincts and pay attention to your instincts and stuff like that. And, just me being here, like where I am and, and what I was craving and what I was being guided to and how I set up everything literally is perfect. I have hardly had to physically change anything because space and workspace and light and everything was, 
and even I, I, just, I mean, but actually both of you can probably relate to this as well. But when I had such high standards, say even for cleanliness, and I know from personal experience, places I've worked in do not, like that was another thing that I really craved. And like, so when I came and started my space, I was like, that's like up there. It's without question that oh, I'm already doing that. I do that. Yeah. And I even, even in my business plan, I wanted to structure it. So I had time to clean after every person's stuff, which generally in my industry, people do not do. Like, and you're, you know, one person traditionally has been out of the chair or sometimes they've just gone to get their hair washed and someone else is already in their chair. Like, and, and I had never enjoyed that. And so I, from day one used, I made sure I had my own laundry facilities. I had like, I had enough space. And it's interesting because the laundry facilities even came about because I wanted to be in control of what I washed my, my things in because of the toxins and the environmental impact. And so I'd already set up like a, a, like a laundry room area, which so many salons and places don't do. They just send out all their laundry like once a week and stuff. Mm. So I already, and because I did, it's like, you know, even the, like the gown things people put on, the cape things, it's kind of traditionally, and we laugh about, I can laugh about it now. You'd whip them off one person, give it a shake and put it on someone else. Like I never did that. Like I'm going to stereotype, but you, know, you get a barber's, you know, kind of doing that whole shake thing and stuff. But because this stuff, and I suppose working a lot in America has, has changed my mindset of that because they, you can't even, um, you can't do it, like the, cosmetology license is so um I wouldn't say it's difficult it's you there's so many processes to it and they're very it's the health and hygiene aspect of it is very very thorough that I was like why why do we not do this like why is it not like that and and I suppose um yeah I suppose like that my attention was just drawn to that and so everything I've physically had to change nothing we have like enough space my wash points are spaced out I do my own laundry so people get their own fresh things anyway I've always used biodegradable um towels so one they're only one use kind of thing and I then also I thought what a great idea anyway so like they're only to like towel dry hair I'm then using to clean floors and stuff so I've I always put them to like a more like further use anyway. I've always cleaned down before each client. I've always seen one client at a time at a time because that's how I like to book. So physically I haven't really changed anything. So so Luke, those are the changes that well virtually no changes since you've been back by all accounts, because it's pretty much just going back to what you're doing before. What did you do during lockdown though? Because obviously I guess from what you were saying earlier, and this will be, I'm sure, particularly relevant too for Lucy and Anita, but from what you were saying earlier, you have a very good relationship with your clients. Yeah. And I guess it's part of them to come to you. Oh my God. Like so how did, how did you get through that period of time? With that? And I'm sure that Anita will have a similar story. How did you get through that period um, of time? It's so interesting because even you asking me that question makes me think, I don't want the last year to be the story of my life. You know what I mean? Like I, do, I wanna, 
I want to move on from it. But it, it created so much trauma and stress. And like, I think, I feel like everyone needs like, just stuff like this, even stuff like this, to talk it out with other people um, in similar but different situations is so therapeutic. It's like, I'm, when you asked me that question, I thought back to the, the day and the stress, like when we had to close down, I was like, I've got extensions, specific extensions, that not, I can't say, go to your local salon or whatever and take them like, take out. That it's so intricate that I, and my duty of care to my client is so high. I don't want to cause them any risk, any harm. I want to do what is best for them. And the only thing I could do, I think to do, was like, I got everyone, as many people as I can, or and as many people that felt comfortable to bundle into one day. And I just had like 15 minutes of put, and it was just like a conveyor belt. And I was just taking everyone's extensions out because I was like, and I don't even know how long this is going to be. Yeah, I did like, you know, little things like um, care kits and things like that, like good sell and stuff. But I felt like, and I still feel a little bit in this stage too, that I need to like surrender a little bit. Like I need to digest everything that is like happened and stuff. And I can't just, I can't continue as normal. Like, and also, will we ever be able to continue what we, how we knew things before. And so I just like, I keep saying to people now, even like, I'm kind of like, it's like what Anita said, like, yeah, okay, okay. I'm like, I, I'm gonna put your hair back in today, but I don't know how long it's gonna be in for. And, and it's so interesting that, um, I think those are the subtle changes that I've made to my business and made to my everyday, is just letting people know, like, I'm a person, you're a person, we're just both gonna do our best. Like, if I, I'm going to, we'll put your hair in. If we have to take it out, we'll take it out. And, and as a person also, like, um, you, you, just to really reinforce the connection I've got with my clients and any potential clients, that's how I like to run my business anyway. But I've tried to be just more open in articulating and make sure I communicate it more of, like, mm. I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can. And my, my, the reason I ask you for money for what I do and the reason you pay me money is to make you feel good. And that's what I'm going to try and carry on doing. Yeah. Whether it's with hair or not, you know, if I have to take it out and we just can't. I've tried to keep everyone and push lower maintenance with hair. And luckily, I mean, my extensions are low maintenance. The biggest maintenance is you have to just revisit me every, like, two months. But so that I'm like, let's chill out about it. If we take them out and take them out, you're still beautiful. Like you're still incredible. Um, and then and we just keep hairstyles, low maintenance. We keep color, low maintenance. Do you think for, look, for the average salon, that's the reverse of their usual business. Mm. They like to keep things higher maintenance, keep you rebooking, get you in more and more visits. I'm not about that. Like mm. I'm completely the opposite before i come on to you anita lucy what is your would you say your business is the same it's all about you know it's about people feeling good about themselves and again probably from what you were doing previously in retail mm -hmm. um you would have had a very short period of time to go through with somebody how they could enhance 
themselves. It was in retail, it was about sales. You had targets to hit, you know, you um, your KPIs and things like that. You had to sell a certain number of products. Um, it was it was very different, and it was something that I never agreed with. Um, I used to. I worked for one particular brand and I used to go off on the other counters and grab other products and because I knew that they would work better. It was always about bums in seats, that's what they used to call it. Um, whereas I just approached it completely differently and I think if my area manager knew, she'd have a fit. But um, I, if I knew there was something else that worked better for them, I would go and get that instead. So your sort of integrity and honesty uh, is all focused you know, on actually they, having they a clear relationship. They came yeah. back because they never left feeling as yeah. though they'd bought anything they didn't need um, or that maybe they couldn't use, you know. Um, and yeah, they it, it got me return clients, return customers, because they trusted me. They believed in what I was um, selling them because it wasn't just, you need this and this and this and this from my brand because it's gonna get me commission. Um, and, and yeah, that's it. I could never be like that. And so I think really that's another reason why I really wanted to stray away from sales um, because that's what it was. It, it, you know, you had targets you needed to hit at mm. the end of the day. Um, so, and I, that wasn't my favorite part of the job. I just wanted to put makeup on people all day. So, but I wouldn't have kept my job if I'd, if I'd have done that. Which then actually is just linking these then. It's about relationships that Luke and Lucy have been talking about. And this then, if we go back over the last year, Anita, must have been the painful part of not seeing people. Yes and no. So we still saw a lot of our people because... We were on Zoom, you know, I teach, I do small group training with a group of ladies and every day, in fact, we train more during lockdown than we would have done if the gym was open. We train more because people weren't waiting for their husband to come home from work because he was sat upstairs working. Yeah, so it just enabled people to connect even more. So we were able to see our clients every day. And that relationship is a two-way thing. For us, you know, to still see them and they're still there, you know, and when whenever I say to them, you know, I'm so grateful for their support and they're like, no, 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 we're grateful for your support. And, and you realise that relationship that you've built with all these people, you know, and, that, and we've just been so, so lucky with all the people that have supported us. You know, Rachel and I, we have worked really hard. You know, Rachel's up seven o'clock. She's on Facebook every morning teaching live. You know, I'm still teaching on Zoom at nine o'clock at night. So, you know, we have put a lot of hours in, but that's what it's about. We do a job that we absolutely love and we get so much positive feedback out of what we do. Quite often, it doesn't seem like work. But that's actually the point though isn't it because you said you've been very lucky well actually it, it's not about luck because all three of you build relationships with your clients that isn't built as Lucy was just saying that isn't just about the money it's not about oh I can earn more if I do this or do something else Luke's obviously structured his whole business around 
focusing on time and that's why people carry on working with you Anita. Yeah I mean we had you know obviously the last 12 months has been a difficult time for a lot of people mm. so for us we also wanted to to give back to the community to those people who who'd lost their jobs you know those people who were worried about what the future hold those people who were working you know in the NHS for really long hours the local hospice staff all of those um so we've made all of those connections as well and, and we actually feel we've come out of it in a in a better place than we'd gone in even though we were so worried and so upset and I can remember speaking to one of my very good friends who also owns a business a completely different um trade and I said to her, I don't know how long we can maintain a lockdown for because you know how long is this going to go on you know, we're a small family run business. We live modest lives. But, you know, at the end of the day, it is a business and there are bills to be paid. So when we opened, we had our open morning on Saturday before we started our group sessions inside. And, and I just looked at Rachel and I was just like, we've done this. We've done this. You know, and I'd introduced one of our new trainers who used to work at another gym that's now gone bust. And all of a sudden it just hits home that these big players are not there anymore because they didn't give that personal touch to the clients. It was all from head office. Yeah, we're very, very proud to have reopened. So how do you see things going from here in your world, Lucy? Uh, um, is, the, is the sort of training and mentoring other people part of that development for you as well as dealing with the public absolutely yeah that's the education and training for me it's been the most popular and the most rewarding for, uh, in terms of what I do day to day definitely the most rewarding um, to see people leave um, feeling more confident and you know more self-assured yeah it really yeah I mean that for me is what it's all about um and i think moving forward now the industry is opening back up again um people want to retrain um have been out of out of it for so long haven't you know been out of practice for so long um and are looking for guidance looking for some you know to instill confidence back into them that they might have lost or have lost over um the lockdown so yeah it's it's a really really for me timing wise this is perfect and so do you feel then that there will have been things though that have been learnt across your industry over this last year that might change the way things have been done before yeah i think a lot of things have obviously turned online um like I said, with my training courses and things like that, we did go online. Um, I don't know, it's difficult really, because everybody has had a different perspective of it. Some people take it more seriously than others, I think, as well. And um, I'd like to think that standards were quite high regardless, regarding cleanliness anyway. I know Luke has a slightly different opinion on it based on where he's been and what he's seen um but where from my standpoint from where i've always been that's paramount that's like 
number one. So with regards to having to make changes for me, nothing has changed. Same with you, Luke, nothing has changed. But I, I do think clients particularly have realized how important self-help, self-care and well-being is um, because they've been lacking for so long. Um, so yeah, I think we definitely learn some learned something, but I think our clients have learned more, if that makes sense. It's really like drummed into people actually how important this is. It's not just, oh, you work in a salon and you do beauty. Um, you really have an impact on people's lives mm. in terms of how they feel. Um, and there's been a real projection on mental health and well-being over the past year. Um, and I think I've come to realize, others have come to realize how important this is. Um, and yeah, what we can do going forward to really help these people. Mm. So yeah, I think so, lots to learn. What about you, Luke? I think in every sense, holistically, things will improve. Like um, people's work standards will improve. Um, work not standards work environments will improve you know people will have hopefully a bit more time a bit more space all of that kind of stuff um for me personally I feel like I will really want to stretch myself I put so much care thought and attention into my client's experience and I I get so much fulfillment out of that and I think where can I go from there because I that's what I've worked on my whole career so far and what I think I'm drawn to do now is help and maybe guide professionals to maybe do so two things. One, to awaken their thoughts to how they improve their guest experience and also support the professional in, in doing all of this. Because I think we're, we're there as client-facing people supporting our clients but I think there is maybe a little bit of a gap of who supports the professional and and I think and often people that run the business um they have so much to go on and I think there's somewhere someone there is a place for someone and I think better if they're external and removed from that business and it's not an in-house role to help support guide um even the even the owners if they need it mm -hmm. like who helps the owners who do the owners go to when they need like to talk through something or some support and stuff and so that's what I'm looking in to focus in the the upcoming kind of times and still do hair still look after like my clients but I think keep my experience as a um I can't think of another word but like but exclusive like I'm not necessarily for not I'm not for everyone and everybody's not for me and like and to keep it kind of just like that and and that's changed my perspective as well I, I don't need everyone to come and see me but it's such an easy trap for business owners to get caught into is to trying to to cater to everyone and I'm like no cool I I definitely feel guided to help as many hairdressers and business owners as I can 
because I think that if you do that, their care filters down and helps their clients mm. if they're feeling good. But um, but for me personally, doing hair, I'm gonna keep it, keep it niche, keep it small, keep it tight, <laughs> like, and and just so I can as well not overstretch myself and keep the the experience that my clients have been used to having. That's it so far. But and as well, be open being open to change because we've had so much change. And so I think, well, I've come to trust in that things will change. <laughs> so, so to be like, be open to it and like lay back about it, relaxed about it, because one of the worst things for all of us is stress. Even, even more than, that's the worst illness I feel like is stress. And so that's been the biggest change for me. I've almost thrived in stress before. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, wow, I want to, now let's see what a season of my look, life looks like when I thrive in peace, calm, like joy and relaxation. Because I feel like it'll take, take me and so many more people a lot further. That's a really good point. What about you, Anita? How, how, what, what have you learned from the last year and what, what could change moving forward? Um, I've learned that change is a good thing. You know, that we shouldn't be scared to change and to adapt. Um, in our industry, we, we always continue to learn. And we've learned a massive amount in the last 12 months. We've really learned what our capabilities are and how adaptable we are. So, you know, we'll continue to offer our online service. We'll continue to offer our face-to-face service. And we will also appreciate that one size doesn't fit all. Not everybody wants to come to our gym. Not everybody wants to train with us online because it doesn't suit them. So, you know, we focus on the people who do want to train online or we're focusing on the people who do want to come face-to-face. And occasionally those two will cross over. So we will teach a face-to-face class that's also online to other people. We've taken on somebody who used to manage a really big club in a consultancy way, because as Luke was saying, who's looking after us as the owners? You know, who do we go to? So for us, that's been a really big step. And that's been, I think, a really important step that we needed to take. It happened by accident, as these things do. Oh, yeah. I definitely don't believe in accidents. No. <laughs> you advertise for a personal trainer and this person applies and it's, we need you. You know, you could help our business so much. Not coming in as a personal trainer, that wasn't actually what he wanted either. So, you know, we've got a very bright future ahead of us. We've invested in some technology. We know that apps are, you know, that's what people want. People are on their phones. People want an app. They want to be able to see what workout they've just done. So we've invested in um, the MyZone technology that a lot of gyms use. Um, and lockdown's given us the opportunity to do that, to completely restructure the inside of our gym, to move out the things that are not portable, to bring in more portable equipment that we can move around. And we've now got a massive TV screen that people come in, they can see how hard they're working. And they can look at that when they go home and they can show their friends and they can put it on social media. And we can look at it when they're not in the gym and we can see (laughs) what they're doing or what they're not doing. Um, Yeah, we've we've adapted a huge amount and and we're moving forward in, you know, 
with a very different mindset, I would say. That's been a really brilliant conversation today. Really enjoyed talking to all three of you. And um, I think what just came through to me is, first of all, how all three of you have been putting your clients, your customers um, first all the way through this. And that's why your businesses have been so resilient. And even though it's been challenging, there's just no doubt that you've been putting your, your clients first. And uh, yeah, coping with with what's been thrown at you and probably coming out of it stronger. I do like the, the, the bits that you've been saying about though, just making sure you target your own market and that's it. And you carve out, as Luke's been saying, carve out time for yourself. Um, being brilliant, just understanding about what you've been doing and how you've got by. Um, whatever day it is, Luke, we don't know what day it is today. And <laughs> whatever has happened over the last Hopefully one of them months. soon, I'll be off. <laughs> No, it's been really, really lovely talking to all three of you. Thank you so, so much. I'm extremely grateful for the opportunity to speak with Anita, with Lucy and with Luke. It was almost a cathartic experience for them. And when we finished recording, we had a very open conversation about just how difficult it is to talk through the pressures and the difficulties that have arisen over this last year. So if that's something you would like to get in touch with us about, then please feel free to do so. Please go to our Facebook page, which is simply Suffolk Money. Go to our website, which is suffolkmoney.co.uk or on the podcast provider that you are listening to, whether that's Apple, Amazon, Spotify, or any of the other podcast providers please do just give us some feedback and if you can possibly give us five stars then that's even better because then other people will find the podcast as a result of that so thank you again for listening and we hope that we'll have your company the next uh, time we produce an episode for Suffolk Money. Mm-hmm.